This week, another special episode of the podcast, this time all about tactics. Duhel has been at the helm of Paris Saint-Germain for the past five months and oh boy, we've played in a lot of different formations. A big change compared to the Emery years. Where are we coming from? Where are we going tactically? What has worked and what hasn't? Who are the key players for PSG's ongoing tactical transformation? To tell us it all, he may have the name of a famous apostle upon which God created his church. I may be born on Christmas and my initials are G-O-D, but I'm only his humble follower and he is the messiah of tactics on Culture PSG and on his 80,000 followers YouTube channel. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome the great Simon. This is PSG Talking. Um, I've been trying to get this guy on for quite a while, and um, I am stoked, thrilled. Oh, by the way, uh, how do we call you? Simon Piotr? Simon. Call you? Simon. Well, okay. You may know Simon from Culture PSG. He was on yesterday night. He's um, a brilliant uh, tactical analyst. I wanted uh, Ryan C. from Culture to come over, but <clears throat> he's a very busy man, so we'll We'll, uh, we'll do that next time, both uh, Ryan and Simon uh, debating tactics. But we have Simon, and we are thrilled to have him. And he's going to tell us what's up. Um, hi, everyone. Thanks hi, a lot Simon. for having me. Oh, what a pleasure. Um, two seasons ago, Emery tried to make the team play in a 4-2-3-1, moving away from its traditional 4-3-3. And after a few attempts, he panically retracted to the good old 4-3-3 and never dared to try another formation ever again. Um, the team was never able to supply its brilliant forwards um, in proper conditions to um, give them the ball at the right time uh, with the right pass. And uh, that created a lot of uh, critics. Um, many people were complaining that we were wasting our forwards at Paris Saint-Germain, notably Ryan C. from um, Culture PSG. The reason why the team was never able to do so is still somewhat unclear. Um, was it because of Thiago Mota's injuries? Was it because Lo Celso, Verratti and Rabiot at that time lacked the ability to play a more direct game? Um, was it because Pastore, who was a, 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 our only real 10, was injured all the time, and, and Neymar didn't play as a 10 yet, he was up front. Uh, was it Emery's lack of leadership and charisma with the team, or was it a combination of all of, the, all of this? Uh, we, we don't know. Maybe, Simon, you know, and you'll, you'll tell us. Um, this season, though, Tuchel, Tuchel, Tutush, despite having very, very little time with the group, 
managed to make the team adopt um, a few new formations, which has brought defensive stability, which has um, uh, brought supply to our brilliant forwards, which has somewhat resolved or bypassed the issue of not having a real defensive midfielder. Um, and at the same time, he managed to play with uh, what we call now our Fantastic Four. It's incredible in so little time. So, so Simon, uh, has, has Tuchel done the right thing? Do you think this, this tactical evolution makes sense? And do you think we'll see um, maybe other evolutions, or, uh, new tactical evolutions at Paris Saint-Germain? <clears throat> yeah, of course, we're going to see a lot of different things and new things and evolving things at PSG this season. Because as, we, as we've seen so far, uh, Tourelle's tried many and many different combinations and formations. Uh, he started the season with a 4-3-3 at Liverpool, which didn't work at all. It was like saying goodbye to Emery's work forever. And then he switched to a 4-2-3-1 because he wanted his three best forwards, Cavani, Neymar and Bappe, to play uh, in the middle of the pitch. So Neymar was his number 10, but then it didn't work again. And then he switched to a back three formation, something he tried at uh, the beginning of the season, but it was not that great at that moment. Uh, But he tried it again, and when he implemented that system, it kind of worked a little bit better, but it Mm. it, it was still not the best. And then... We saw uh, what we saw during the last two games of Champions League, where he tried something a bit experimental and something completely new, which was uh, rewarding in the end. Uh, because when when you want to be one of the best team in Europe, competing with the best teams, you need to attack well, to defend well. It's not that complicated, but Turrell needed some time. If he if he had to change that much, it's also because he didn't know what to do and what would work the best with that team and that squad. Mm. And the first thing to consider with Turrell's work is that when he got to PSG, the transfer window was missed. Pretty much. He, PSG needed one or two midfielders. We got none. We needed a one of the best fullback in Europe. We got Ron Bernat, who's just a decent player, but not a world-class player. Um, all in all, if you consider all those elements, that explains why it was that hard for Turrell to find the right system and the right combination of players on the pitch. But you're saying that hard. He did it in just a few weeks, though. Emery had two freaking years to experiment and try things. Tuchel had a few weeks, and he tried this, he tried that. Um, but he found a way in just a few weeks. How, is that explainable? Can you explain this? Why? Why did he find mm. a way? It's incredible. Yeah. Just a quick word on Unai Emery. When he got to PSG, 
the team was still shaped around Chagamota and Verratti's ability to secure possession and to use the ball properly. And mm. uh, at that time, first season, Ibrahimovic was gone and he was not replaced. He was replaced by Jesse and Ben Arfa. And Pastore was injured basically all the time. So that kind of explains why it was that difficult to change and and we realized uh, first season of Unai Emery, he had to rely on Verratti a lot, on Mota a lot, and on Cavani, which mm. is uh, who's a bit of a one-dimensional striker. So, yeah, first season, if you forget a little bit about the Barcelona away game. It's impossible. It, it, <laughs> yeah, but we have to, though, to to evaluate the whole season. Right. He he kind of tried his best with what he had at the time. But second season was different. Yeah. Uh, Neymar, Neymar, was, Neymar came, Mbappe came, and that changed everything for PSG. And it did, but then the, it, they, were, they the, were implemented within the 4-3-3 still. He never changed yeah, the formation. Yeah. He didn't know what to do with this team because he wanted to use Neymar in a bit of the same role he had at Barcelona, mm -hmm. uh, in, which is a left winger in a 4-3-3. Uh, but then he had Thiago Mota injured. He right. was the leader. He was the brain. Uh, his pair with Verratti was still one of the best in Europe when they, they were playing together. Yeah. And... That kind of explains why it was so complicated for him to to find a proper formula because he tried Draxler, it didn't work. He tried Lo Celso as a number six, which was a total failure at Bernabeu. What um, a surprise! What a surprise it was! Yeah, uh, he yeah. he accepted Rabio to play uh, where he wanted to play, even though it was not the best for the team and. Yeah, in the end, he, I felt like Emery abandoned. It was it was he too too much for him. He gave yeah, up. Yeah, he gave up. Mm. He gave up. It, it was too too big of a challenge for him, unfortunately, and that explains the the failure of the second season. So, do, do you even think, though, uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Um, do you think those failed experiments with Emery? somewhat helped Tuchel because the team somewhat got out of that uh, possession game philosophy, 4-3-3 formation, tried to, to change and evolve with Emery, failed, but that Emery opened, maybe opened the door for Tuchel and Tuchel managed to do it in, in just a few weeks? It certainly helped Tuchel to, to build his team because when, uh, when you see the first game at Anfield, um, he, he tried the Emery version of PSG with the seven plus three forwards, mm. uh, no defensive efforts from, from the forwards, and he failed. And from that moment on, we saw drastic changes and big evolution. And yeah, in, if, you, if you consider that first game to be the start of the season, everything from then on, was correcting those mistakes. 
And quite frankly, if you if you take everything that Tura's done so far, they're only the two last games who were quite perfect. You know what I you know what mm. I mean? They worked. Everything and worked. Everything worked. Yeah. In the end, it worked, but it was far from working uh, in the beginning. Sure. Because when you take the four-two-three-one, Neymar was the man system on the ball. He was the playmaker. He was creating, scoring. He was scoring. He was passing. He was dribbling. He was he was the sole, the only, the unique danger in the team. True. True that. So four-two-three-one, Neymar was was completely. F- centralized focus on yeah, Neymar it, doing everything it, it, not it doable could work in, N- not yeah, viable that, that system could work in in the league because right. you don't need to to ask a lot from your forwards defensively you can right. defend with six or seven players you can rely on on the defenders and yeah pretty no problem sort of but uh, is not an idiot He saw that in against Lyon at Parc des Princes, oh my God. it was a complete disaster. disaster. The first half was a huge mistake. Uh, yeah, it was a disaster class from PSG, and eventually the game ended well because Lyon had a player sent off and and everything. But this was the end for that system. No, the actual change of system occurred uh, against Napoli. First half, four two three one, second complete half, disaster. Yeah. yeah, and second half you switch to a back three, and PSG played in a three four three system. How to believe? Uh, how to believe it was the same team during the same game? Uh, these two halves against Napoli, incredible. Yeah, when you analyze what happened during that period of the season, PSG needed one of the Fantastic Four to be missing the game mm-hmm. to to recover a little bit of. Defensive animation and collective balance. Yep, and that was Di Maria or Cavani. Or Cavani. Uh, or or Cavani. Cavani. Yeah, yeah. Cavani was substituted at halftime against Napoli, mm-hmm. and he didn't start the San Paolo game. Yeah. So Tural could play in this system. It was better, a lot better. It was not perfect. Julian Draxler in midfield mm. is. Not the best choice there is. Is very, uh, very talented and intelligent player, but to play in a defensive double pivot, whether it is Marquinhos or Verratti by his side, is quite complicated. And and defensively, you you had to have one of the forward missing to to get a bit of balance. And so comes the second game against Liverpool. Parc des Princes. And what we saw was a genius tactical coup from Tuchel. Incredible. Incredible. It, it was amazing to see, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, just to just a quick reminder of the game plan. PSG would defend in a 4-4-2 with Neymar on the left and Di Maria on the right. And it was unbelievable to, to see Tuchel convincing Neymar to defend on the left wing, even though Neymar didn't like to defend on the left at Barcelona. And that's also why he left the club, even though it was not the, Simon, the only reason. Simon, to ask Neymar to be a left winger and defend injured. And Neymar said, yeah, no problem. That's a, that's a real 
management it's performance. Incredible. To be to be honest, and yeah, Jimoria, no problem. He's used yeah, to. He's never. He, he was never reluctant to defend anyway. So you got the four four two, and there are other changes. Because, of course, it, it was massive to to have the the wingers defending, but it was also huge to to get Marquinhos in midfield alongside Verratti. Because even though he's not a proper midfielder, Marquinhos has an excellent defensive culture. Mm-hmm. He runs a lot. He covers a lot of ground. And PSG, PSG was missing this with either Rabiot or Julian Draxler. Draxler doesn't know how to defend. And Rabiot is not in his best form right now. Yeah, we, we it's kind of a mystery, Rabiot. We'll, we'll, we'll come to... In the, in the second part of a podcast, yeah, to, the players, a, to the players, to the players, special case. Um, what what those different formations mean according, you know, for, for which player, and um, there's some winners and then then there's some losers. But let's focus again on the formations. You gave us a good explanation of of the against 4-2-3. Liverpool, yeah, yeah, of the four two three one and then the the four four two. So now we are in the four four two, and it worked against um, Liverpool. It worked great. It and worked. Why and here we work? are, and here we are again uh, against uh, Red Star, and, and it's the same formation. So let, let's go back to, uh, I'll let you talk about why did it work against Liverpool? It worked for several reasons. First, instead of having six or seven players defending, now you had nine or ten players defending together. And also you changed the man. Having Kera defending instead of Thomas Meunier, is a huge improvement. Mm. Yeah, that's significant. Well, it's real defense. Um, yeah, a real defender instead of having a um, weak defender on the right. And that changes a lot of things. You you don't have to be scared when the opponents attack on the wings. Uh, you resist better to crosses delivered inside the box. You can mark players better. You have a real defensive spirit that comes out the team, which is great. And well, then same thing for midfield. You it, have it's four, the same four, with Marquinhos instead of Rabiot. You have four central defenders in the zone now because Kara is a central yeah. defender. Silva, True. Kimpembe and Marquinhos all within the zone compact. Good luck. Good luck going yeah, through you that. You got them all on the pitch. And also you got uh, you got centre backs true, but you got very versatile players as well. Kera can play three or four positions. Mm-hmm. Marquinhos can defend as a midfielder for yeah, mostly can defend like a proper holding midfielder, and and that worked. That was the right combination. And if you mm, how to say. Uh, Let's get into maybe the offensive phase of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so PSG was defending in a four-four-two with almost every player is committing uh, committed to to defending. But on the ball, Marquinhos is not a proper midfielder on the ball. He he can he will never be Verratti. He will never be Thiago Mota. No, That's but not his role. he did okay. Uh, the first goal. It was okay. It, it was okay because because Turrell played him like a third centre back in possession. Right. Marquinhos was dropping between the centre backs, 
facing forming the, a line face, of three, facing the game. Yeah, and far from pressure, far right. enough. Right. And then you can use his technique and passing skills to to deliver some great passes to to the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. And you can hide. So yeah, sort of. You can hide his. Uh, weaker weaker sides. Verratti was the only holding midfielder, and even though it's not the best version of Verratti, is better with a with a CDM to mm-hmm. to help him. But in form, is so pressure resistant and smart and intelligent that he can play in that position, even even against strong strong sides like Liverpool. It was basically a one v three in midfield for him, and it, it will it was still able to to deliver. Yeah, he passed he passed uh, the test if if ever he needed to pass any test. Marco Verratti, if you if he can resist an aggressive defensive midfield like Liverpool has, um, which is uh, it's it's not a, a a great midfield in the sense that they're not great with the ball, but my God, they are aggressive and they will hit you from the first to the last minute, and he passed the test, um, that's probably very good news for Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah, we we cannot forget how good Marco Verratti is. And then, uh, of course, the, the fullbacks would turn into wingers, let's say, yeah, wingbacks. Well, one the, of them, because you can't really ask Kara to be, I mean, you can ask him, but he's not yeah, going to deliver. It, he cannot do it all. Yeah, but he, th- that was his position in the animation, though. Yeah, no, it was. But, I mean, he doesn't yeah. have Meunier's skills to, to, you know, in the offensive game. Um, Fair, uh, yeah. Fair enough. You, ca- yeah. you, can't, you can't ask him to do what Meunier does, and you cannot ask Meunier to do what Kara does. But, hey, d- defensive stability in the Champions League will win over um, extremely brilliant... Uh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Then you you had Neymar on the left, like a in a sort of hybrid role in between number ten and mm-hmm. left winger, which was a great idea. Then you you had Di Maria on the right, and Bappe and Cavani together up front, with Bappe likely to drop and move around to to enjoy some football with Neymar. And he did great and in that in that role, Mbappe. He did. It really, was great. His, and, his movements were. Brilliant, brilliant. And even for even for Cavani, it's the best version because now you get the typical pattern with Mbappe outflanking on the on the left and Cavani ready to receive uh, a cross on the right, which reminds me a little bit of what Aubameyang could do with Tuchel at Dortmund, if you remember. I don't. It was how Aubameyang was used with. Uh, a lot of possession, a lot of players on on one wing to overcrowd one part of the pitch, and then the striker on the opposite to ready to score. Hmm. And yeah, so that's probably the best you can expect from Cavani at that level of competition too. So this gives us sort a sort of three five two, three mm-hmm. three two two. Mm-hmm. You name it. And it was the best we could see from that team because now you had a solid defensive animation. 
I mean, PSG conceded almost nothing against Liverpool. It was like, yeah, yeah. it was one shot on target through a penalty. Yep. That's not that's, that's not a it. big deal. That's that's amazing. No, it's amazing. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it was not the best Liverpool, but it was the best. Still, def- still, it was the best defensive version of that PSG for sure. Yeah. yeah. Even and, even and, if Liverpool wasn't you know having a great night, you still have um, world class forwards. Quality. Amazing. I mean, Mane. Just this guy is. Oh my God, he's a poison. Um, and he, he, he never, well, only once he outrun our, our, our defensive uh, team, our, our, our defensive system. And, and poor uh, Di Maria, who somewhat, you know, he was tracking back, so we cannot blame Di Maria for tracking back. Yeah, and it was typical Liverpool counter-pressing. Right. We were not, yeah, we, we didn't have the best shape at that moment. That's why there was play, space to, to exploit. Uh, t- talking about... But, but yeah. Ca- yeah, counter, it, it was a defensive masterclass. Talking about uh, counter pressing, um, would you explain to our listeners what 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 is counter pressing? And also, counter pressing is yeah. <laughs> counter pressing is um, is basically just pressing as soon as you lose the ball, and when you play high in the opponent's half, it's almost the only way to one defend better to to avoid a dangerous transition and it's also a way to attack because when you recover the ball quickly in the opponent's half uh, the team is losing its shape a bit and and that's how you can create a, a very dangerous dangerous situation like the penalty we conceded against Liverpool counter pressing Marquinhos loses the ball we don't uh, have the the proper shape and and right. It was uh, and Mane can outrun the, the defense. Right. Um, we have become, we, Paris Saint-Germain has become a lot more efficient in counter-pressing too, uh, recently. True. That's, what, that's one of the first things to roll implemented after the, the Anfield World defeat. It wanted his team to counter-press better in the opponent's half and that's what we saw. If you... If you if you see the game against Lille or against Napoli, um, yeah. the the defensive animation as such was not the best with a medium low block, and pressing was not the best. But counter pressing was good, and that was that that was one first major improvement for PSG. That Lille game. Um, to me, still the best game of the season in terms of, um, in French, you say, um, oh, now I'm confused between French and English. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the, the mastering of the game, the control of the game from the first to the last minute. Uh, again, yeah, it I, was probably I, I, the most consistent performance. Yeah. The whole game, the best game of the season in terms of control, in terms of defensive um, efficiency. Um, Counter-pressing, attacking transitions was, to me, the Lille game. But it's, it's Lille, so it's hard to gauge. They're, they're a very good team, but they're not, probably not you know, Liverpool level. Um, yeah, they, they probably respected PSG a bit too much. But it, from minute one to the 90th minute, it was still a very great game and consistent game with a, an excellent counter-pressing, as we, as we said. 
and, and we had never seen that before. And to me, it was, there was, that was a clear sign. Something very positive was happening in the team um, between the players and their coach. Um, we would see players making a little bit of an effort um, to, to defend, everybody defending, except Mbappé, yeah. who just cannot defend. Let's forget about Mbappé defending. That will never happen. Um, some, <laughs> uh, like, like, a, like something, something clicked in their brain, um, probably before the Lille game, because they delivered during the Lille game. And, and that little subtle thing, I think, is changing the, the core of the team right now. Um, so... That 4-2-2, with Neymar playing left midfielder, um, slash 10, slash winger, uh, but defending a lot. Um, we've seen it twice. Apparently, the team that played in that formation against Liverpool was rewarded by Tuchel and, yeah. and played again Red Star um, as, as a as a reward, but also, you know, we, we only needed a draw to qualify. So Tuchel knew that was a good defensive team. Well, it turned out to be a lot more uh, than that. My point being, can you really ask Neymar to play like this? Is this viable? Is this durable? Um, what, what's going on? Are we, I'm, I'm asking several questions within my question. Are we going to see a very modular Paris Saint-Germain, adapting uh, game after game to, to, to its opponent, switching from 4-4-2 uh, to 4-2-3-1, back to 3-4-3. Are we going to see a modular Paris Saint-Germain, according to you? Or, or do you think Tuchel is going to mainly focus on his 4-4-2, asking Neymar to play left, uh, left midfielder? Well, um, it's a tough question. I thought... I thought the the second game against Liverpool would be a one night stand with because it was a very specific context against what? a uh, specific team. I mean, there's only one Liverpool, so I thought we would play only one game in this system. But right. then Tyrrell chose to play against Red Star in this formation in a different context, context, and it worked again, even though he rewarded the players. Yeah, of course they they earned the right to to play that big game, and and it was the best eleven possible at at that moment. I think mm. honestly, yeah. with the best system, and PSG was still ready to play seventy five, eighty great minutes with more ball possession, with more positional play, and I think Tural gave a lot to the players at first. He seems to be very kind and nice to to them mm. but now he's taking the team by the scruff of the neck and and not only he gave a lot to the players but now the players are starting to give back a lot to him too and I think players are convinced that if they follow what Turles is preparing it would work better mm. Let, if you take Neymar for example you cannot ask him to defend on as a left midfielder in the league. That's not possible. But I think you can in the Champions League. Right. It's only... Right. Yeah. 
it's 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 only a few games. It's a, it's only a few games. Yeah. And 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 to help show got, prove the it's team. It's only it's seven worth... games left in the season if we if we yeah. get through. Good point. So so you you can ask Neymar to do that specific effort. And he did it in a group stage injured. So I can only imagine him doing it even better in the knockout stage um, and f- having fully recovered from his injury, a 100% Neymar. So, yeah, we need to reevaluate that situation after the, the winter transfer window. Mm. But for now, this is the best system PSG can, can probably have in the, in the Champions League, for sure. Well, don't you think it, that the team has showed to its coach and the coach has shown to his team that now they, there is a tactical flexibility and a tactical knowledge by the players. To, I'm sure they, they could switch back to 4-3-3 if needed. They know the 4-2-3-1. They discovered the 3-4-3 um, and they, they enjoyed it. Um, and now we know how to play 4-2-2. It's incredible. It's a huge um, asset for a coach for, and for a team to, be, to have this, flexible, um, t- this flexibility. Um, uh, in, in, I don't want to compare, but I do want to compare. The Real Madrid past three seasons, they, they had a sort of system, but they mainly adapted to their opponents. Um, Zidane chiseled the team to annihilate the opponent first, and then found new systems to, to, to make his player play together. Um, isn't it the key in the Champions League to, to be successful, to have this tactical flexibility? Um, I think so, yeah. There's, the no, there's, no, there's no way around this. Is there any team this past, what, five seasons that have stuck to one formation in the Champions League and delivered? Probably, probably maybe not. Luis Enrique's Barcelona, but it was right. already a quite pragmatic and uh, right. straightforward team, even They'll though be, they would play the same 4-3-3, switching to a 4-4-2 in defense. They don't, they don't really belong to, to this equation, don't they? It's a Barca way of playing, and nobody can play like that. So, but so, okay, yeah. ba- Barcelona. So we have this tactical flexibility now. Question is, we don't know where we're going. Do you, do you see where Tuchel is going? Can we, is there hints? Um, are we going to... So, 4 2 in the Champions League. We go back to League One. What, what do you think is going to be his uh, preferred formation in League One? If, Maybe if the 3-4-3. Three, 3-4-3. Three. Three, Maybe. Like we, like we played um, against Bordeaux and against Strasbourg. That's how PSG played out of the Champions League. And yeah, they, they were not the best games of the season. Far from, far from that. But the 3-4-3 three, three in Ligue 1 does the job. Right, it, it does. Yeah. Hey, it's so, going to make the Dijon game vaguely interesting, isn't it? Like, what formation? Have I don't got? know. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let, now let's focus a bit more on the players. Um. We don't know if uh, Tuchel found his, uh, his perfect 11. Um, he, he has been very pragmatic so far, and, and thank God he has. 
But we can clearly say there are winners and losers in the group. Um, the big winner would be, well, there's a few, but it seems that Marquinhos has evolved as a player and is a sort of DM slash CD uh, within the game, switching positions in a very, very efficient manner that, that brings um, assets to the team, that gives a lot of strength and yeah. balance to the team. So he may be the big, you know, the big key player so far. But there's a few players we haven't seen, and it's not looking too good for them, notably Adrien Rabiot. Um, what, what do you think is going to happen with Rabiot? Not, I'm not even talking about the contract situation, but purely the football situation. How can he, how can he fit back? In which formation? Who is Adrien Rabiot? What type of player is Adrien Rabiot? We are so confused now. Um, he is going to be back for sure. PSG don't have enough midfielders and midfield quality to to forget who he is. I'm afraid. And right. so yeah, he, Tuchel should should be using him in the league or maybe as a substitute in the Champions League. Even even though we don't have the best version of the player right now, so yeah, um, it doesn't really have the choice to. Uh, but in um, which every to, to... every every situation this face so far in the season was because it didn't have the right midfield. Right. So it, it cannot make it worse. Really. Where are you going to put him? Where are you going to put Rabiot uh, replacing him? Central central midfield alongside who? Alongside Verratti, Marquinhos. Draxler, you name it. Mm. As we as we saw, as we've seen, uh, Tuchel brought a lot of versatility to a team that didn't know what that was, and that's right. a major improvement. Even it though is. that shows a bit that Tuchel was not fully convinced by any of the other options he had. But yeah, mm, the team is very unbalanced. If you consider the composition of the squad, and yeah, that well, makes Rabio almost a solid option in midfield right now. Even though the contract situation doesn't help at all, no, it as we, as he, as he said, maybe he wants to live, and a player that wants to live cannot be in his best form and the most competitive on the pitch. Right. Alves, problem. That's we have, interesting. We have That's Kera, very interesting. We have Kerr back and Kerr has but the additional defensive balance and stability. My God, what a great, what a great uh, pick Kerr has been. Um, now, Danny Alves, um, Neymar's best friend, sitting next to Neymar in the locker's room, um, a legend of the game. Coming back, um, my God, I was um, six months injury. Yeah, I was I was in the park, uh, Parc des Princes, when he he, he came back uh, against Toulouse. Yeah, I picked a great game to um, 
Oh my God, to, uh, to the Paris Saint-Germain-Toulouse was probably the worst game of football I've ever seen in my life. But let's move on. So Danny Alves <laughs> coming back after six months injury. And then we saw him against Liverpool. He, he, he came in for the last uh, 15 minutes. And I think Liverpool got like four yellow cards <laughs> after Alves came in. <laughs> he was fantastic. He's... Um, He has so much experience and advice. Yeah. That additional the personality advice. and the character of the player. The charisma, or, name it, name it. What, yeah, do we do, what, what do we do with him now? With, I, uh, with I think it, and, it's going to be used in a, in a very specific role. Um, it, let's say that Turrell keeps the same system with the 4-4-2 in defense. What you can do is... First, you start Di Maria on the right, mm -hmm. but he his physicality right. cannot last for 90 minutes. After 50, 60 minutes, is is too tired to to deliver the best performance in the later stage of the game. Mm. What Tuchel could be doing was it would be the same thing as he did against Liverpool. You substitute Di Maria, Alves replaces him. And he plays like a right midfielder for the last 30 minutes of a game. Why not? That would be the best option. You don't have to start him like as a right back because he's, he's old and he just, he's just come back from a six-month injury. He's looking good, which though. Is, he's looking sharp already. He's looking sharp, but 90 yeah. minutes Champions League game. No, yeah, sure. You know. And yeah, that would be... My so best. Super, super sub. Super uh, sub. That would be my best option for him. He can play right back. He, he can play right midfielder. He can play uh, right forward too, which he had uh, he had been uh, with Juventus the, the the last two seasons, I think. Um, so super sub, Danny Alves, super sub, but probably or maybe a starter in some League One games. Of course, yeah. Okay. In League One, yeah, yeah, he, he can start like like he did against. Was it Bordeaux? Yeah, against Bordeaux he started. It was, it was not bad at all. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, of course, Bordeaux are very fast players, so he cannot compete with the best printers in the league. But he was looking good and very interesting on the ball. Um, Draxler. What's going to happen? What's going to happen to with him? With he's, 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 he's a goner, isn't he? I see him going at the, maybe not at the winter transfer season, but I, we, all, we all love this type of classy player, but do you see a role for him anywhere? Not in the Champions League, I'm afraid. That's a problem, isn't it, for Draxler? I don't know. That depends on his personality, on his ambition. Does he want to be a starter? Does he want to be a good substitute? a team player, but the situation is right now, we cannot play him at the top of the game. In the best games, he, he cannot play left winger because that's Neymar's role. He cannot play a holding midfielder, even though it was tried against Napoli. That's not, that's not that bad, but that's not that great either. No, not even So we got a little bit of a problem, uh, mainly defensively. He, he doesn't know how to defend like a proper midfielder. He can counter-press in the open half because he's intelligent and 
and he can he's not that slow after all he can run mm. but to to keep the block rock solid you cannot count on him and he cannot play on the right that's Di Maria or someone else's role Daniel Alves etc so in a, in a possession game is is next to variety is He's, of course, not Mota level, but he's shown that in a good day, he can be really, really excellent. Um, the right pass to the right player at the right time. He, he had a, yeah. a few decent games in that role. He's got good technical abilities. Uh, good yeah. football, we, cannot, we cannot deny that, but... But not Ligue in the Champions League. And Champions League is the Champions League. Okay. So, so, so Rabio, Rabio That's a bit no, the same thing for Thomas Meunier. Rabio, no Champions League. Um, bench Draxler no Champions League bench Alves super sub Thomas Meunier now aye 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 um, in the in the in the 3-5-2 in the 3-5-2 is great it's great in attack because he he knows how to kick the ball is quite intelligent on the ball he can combine well with his teammates He, he's got an excellent stamina as well. He runs a lot. But he cannot defend properly at all. Mm-hmm. And that's a major problem for PSG. In the Champions League? He, yeah, even in Ligue 1, he's not defending well because he's not a defender. He started his professional career as a pure striker in the box. Then he was, I think he was uh, right forward. And then... He turned into a, a right back, but it is not a proper right back. It was just a a new position for him. He doesn't know what it means to defend as a fullback in a top game or in a back four, and but even we- sometimes in a back five. When you when you see the the game against Napoli when we played in a three four three and he was a wing back, he was not defending well. So. Unfortunately, But we've seen him almost as a sweeper covering for his teammates. He, he had almost like a sweeper position from time to time. I saw him in a box um, um, when when Kerr was going up, not Kerr, bad example, when Kimpembe was, was going up, who was covering behind? Meunier as a sort of sweeper. I found that surprising and interesting. But yeah, um, not in the Champions League, isn't it? So who who, who do we have? That's who, probably what Tourell's think as well, because he didn't start money in the last two games, and that that that's what matters right now. Hmm. I don't want to make a list of every money's mistake in the Champions League, but it would be quite long and and well, bringing could, back some bad you, memories. You could say the same thing about Marquinhos and 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 to a certain extent Thiago Silva, but yeah, he doesn't have the. Yeah, but, but, They are proper defenders. They are proper by the defenders. Way. Yes, especially my God, what a season Thiago Silva is having! Oh my God, since what a the player. beginning of 2018. Oh my God, this guy is being top level, world uh, class. The end of the season was world class. The World Cup, he was one of the best uh, defender with probably mm-hmm. Varane and Umtiti. Yeah, and right now with PSG, even though he's made a mistake, a huge mistake against Napoli. Mm-hmm. Which was a game changer thing. Yeah, is being the best centre back for for the team right now. And even though he's 34, 
it doesn't seem to yeah to be to be weakening right now and well his style of play is not uh, per se super physical central defender his his, uh, his, his skill is very very strong he is very strong but he, he He's not going to overwhelm, you know, he's not the super... He's not the most aggressive, yeah. He's not the most aggressive. He's, he, anticipation is his thing. When he's got to go in, he goes in, and he's got a, a good physical density. But, I mean, he's not uh, Van Dyke. you know. He's not that massive, massive guy who's going to win most duels using his physicality. So he's probably got another year or two. But, yeah, wow, he's when, he's gone, when he's gone, when he's gone... When he's gone, it's going to be um, it's going to be hard to replace him. So th- let's talk about the winners. We've talked about the, the losers. Um, so and and <laughs> while I have you, since you know you are a uh, usual suspect on the Culture PSG uh, podcast, and Culture PSG has been mean with a player I have discovered, and I'm, I'm getting to really appreciate <laughs> Bernat. Or secret weapon. <laughs> I mean, what a transformation. And um, he's doing the job, isn't he? The left well, or left wing or left wing at Paris Saint-Germain uh, in, in a 42, Bernard, Neymar, Mbappé is spectacular. And Bernard is, um, of course, not as important as, as Neymar and Mbappé, but he's doing the job. He's... Um, well, he surprised everybody. He's turned from a terrible player, first games, to a decent player. And that's already good from him. A bit more than decent. A, 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 between decent and good. Come on. He yeah, had, uh, decent and, and good because, because he scored two important goals. No, defensively, he stepped, he stepped up. I think he buffed up a bit. He looks a bit like bulkier, you know? I don't know if he pumped it up in the... In the gym, he looks yeah, he looks strong, a bit stronger. Yeah, and he does. He, yeah, he he keeps on improving, and that's very positive. Even though I'm not convinced that this player is absolutely world class. No, he's not. He's and he's not. So yeah, but, but hey, considering he's been improving and he's been helpful, and he's got the technical level for PSG, even mm-hmm. though. In, and it's a big deal. It's more his passing abilities than crossing abilities that are interesting, in my opinion. He's not a great crosser of the ball. But he, for example, Neymar doesn't hesitate to pass the ball to him. It's whether a good he, would not pa- he would not pass the ball to Yuri Bershish last season. That's a good so, sign. Yeah. Um, well, so, someone, yeah, someone else. Will, he will keep his place. So, well, um, someone else is coming I, I back. He would, yeah, he should be keeping his place in as a starter of the team, for sure. Um, Kurzawa is coming back. So is I'm he still a professional the, footballer? I am probably the only Kurzawa fan left on the planet. And I'll tell you why. Um, a long time ago, I was watching a Monaco game and Kurzawa was the left back of AS Monaco. Um, yeah. It's a season before he was transferred to Paris Saint-Germain. I saw Lewin Kurzawa do something on the pitch I've never seen any left back do. Um, 
he's he, he's um he's rushing down his left wing and scores a, scores a goal like only a, almost a striker would would score um actually he didn't score he almost i'm sorry he almost scored the goal um there's a counter attack he rushes back he's down his left wing at the same speed and and saves the goal on the counter attack like incredible tackle tackle the ball uh, tackles the ball out there's no goal i had never seen anyone on the pitch do this and i'm like this guy this guy is incredible and then uh, if you if you speak to Amber Godillon, she's like he's he's got a he's a dumbass. He doesn't have the the mental edge to be a successful the professionalism. Uh, professional. Well, he's still a little young and he's surrounded by extremely competitive um, players, some world class. He finally got the surgery he needed in his back because he had chronic back problem. If Bernard can turn his confidence like this, I think Kurzawa can too. And uh, Bernard is going to need a break. Kurzawa is going to be tried by Tuchel. He's going to have to you know, prove that in training that he, he, he wants to compete with Bernard. Um, yeah. let's, let's say Kurzawa goes back to a decent level. Enough to compete with Bernard. How different the team would be with Kurzawa. So uh, we're in 4 2 2, and now we have Kurzawa instead of Bernard. Can you do the same things? Mm, the left wing would be a little bit less technical if you consider uh, circulation of the ball, because he doesn't have Bernard's ability on the ball, but we would have a little bit more pace. He is more able to outflank down the, the left wing and is also a good goal scorer even though it doesn't yeah. really matter for a fullback but is that you see that he's very comfortable attacking and even more comfortable inside the box it's called a hat trick in the champions league yeah he's the only one <laughs> he's the only one in the history of the sport to have done that i'm yeah, a fan i'm a fan so, i hope i hope he's going to he's going to figure he, things out my hopes for him to to recover his full level is not great, I have to admit. Mm. But if he if he gets back a little bit more in form, he would he, he will play. PSG have too many games to play for for not playing some fit players. So um, yeah, sure. We uh, don't Bernard have a, will a... have some rest in the Coupe de France, Coupe de la Ligue, right? And and maybe that's. That will be his last chance to to demonstrate what is capable of with PSG. So we are in a almost ideal position. Uh, how many? Uh, what's the point? The point gap? Fourteen points ahead in in League One. Something many. Like, <laughs> some, something like that. So we are qualified for the second round of the Champions League. Um. Everything looks good except the still the bullshit with FFP. We we have no idea what's going on. Anyway, Tuchel put the team in a perfect position to for for the second part of the season, and that's going to be 
oh my god we are feeling so much better now than we were a few <laughs> weeks ago and then and there's a positive vibe in the team there's a positive vibe in the club and and god knows it doesn't happen often um the winter transfer season is coming our chronic weakness as a team this past uh four five seasons has been the wings so easy to threaten paris saint-germain by attacking its wings a bit less now it's harder to to exploit the wings of paris saint-germain due to the team improvements in terms of yeah. name it name it uh tactical flexibility collective, uh collective dynamism yeah, everything everything um so, but we we still have a key weakness in midfield because we don't have a real dynamic, muscular, tall, uh, big volume defensive midfielder. The winter transfer window is coming up. I I, I know the answer already because I'm, I've, I've been following you, uh, listening to you on, on on Culture PSG and on your YouTube channel. I know there's one player in particular you've been mentioning who would be a perfect pick for Paris Saint-Germain. <laughs> um, so, Leandro Paredes. Um, why? Why? Why him? Well, um, PSG need two sort of midfielder right now. We need a, a runner and a brain. We need someone to, to fill up Matuidi's role, which mm-hmm. has who has never been replaced, really. Yeah. Lo Celso runs a lot, but he left, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And Chagamota was not replaced either. So PSG need two or three midfielders if Rabio comes to leave the club. And in that respect, if you, if you consider the state of the market right now, Leandro Paredes would be a good pick for PSG as the Chagamota's replacement, or De Jong in a similar role uh, to be a brain in midfield, able to to organize, to build, to keep the ball, to keep it moving fast and well. Basically, Chagamota's role, or other players in Europe like Sergio Busquets, Tony Kroos, etc. Sure. Um, we also we also need a, a physical midfielder, a runner. We sure do. A man, a man able to to cover a lot of ground for the team uh, at the worst moments. A little bit like Marquinhos would do right now. That's what he does. Yeah. Off the ball, he defends like a um, like a, a a great running midfielder. Like let's say. Alan or Jordan Henderson, hmm. somebody like that. So yeah, PSG absolutely need uh, those players. Otherwise, you it's difficult to imagine PSG stepping up at the top of their game. And uh, I, I know the club is looking for a midfielder this winter. I don't know who. It might be Leandro Paredes. It might be someone else. Uh, apparently the club wants to do uh, Frankie de Jong as well, but it would be for the summer. But yeah. the summer is a very long time. Yeah, but there's similar, there's sort of 
similar Especially players. football scale. Paredes and De Jong are somewhat similar players. Similar. Yeah, uh, the De Jong, De Jong, bizarrely, has been uh, played as a central defender a bit, even if I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, he's not that impressive physically at all. Paredes, well, uh, Paredes also can defending be, in the Dutch league is not league. really defending. Yeah, it's a different job. <laughs> well, I mean, Ajax had a, had a good game yesterday against Bayern, but uh, still, we, we get your point. Uh, Paredes defensively. Uh, all I know of him, I've, I've watched him play once with Zenith, and and then uh, I watch him on YouTube. Um, he's a, he, he can be, as as the French say, sick in defense. He's got good tackling abilities. Yeah, his physical dual, strong dual abilities. Yes, yeah. which is mainly what we lack. We probably don't need uh, Ndombele, the pit bull that will completely overwhelm you physically. Um, but we need someone who wins duels. And we, you know, from time to time. No, he doesn't run a lot. Yeah. Um, so between a, a profile like Paradise or, or De Young and a more, and a runner like Allen, if you had the choice right now for the, for the winter transfer season, considering the evolution, the tactical evolution of Paris Saint-Germain, what yeah. profile player would you pick more? A runner or a brain? Because Verratti I would, is a little bit of a brain. I would go for a brain uh, for oh, would, two eh? reasons. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, Tuchel wants, probably wants to implement a football possession-based team. That's what he so? likes. Okay. Yeah, is something in the Guardiola's legacy a mm -hmm. bit a bit like what he was doing with Dortmund where the team was one of the best when it came to using the ball and PSG don't really have the quality right now to use the ball properly in midfield we rely a lot on Neymar we rely a lot on Verratti and speaking of Verratti my second argument is that the best version of Verratti mm. is with a proper right. with a proper holding midfielder we we saw him playing with Chagamota for years and it was My technically God. brilliant. And right now with Nazionale, he plays with Jorginho, who's a similar player. And that's I think that's how you get the best out of Ver Verratti as well. So in order to get midfield dominance, you would go the brain way rather than the muscle way. So you would go rather the, the, the Guardiola-Barca way rather than the Liverpool yeah, and I or think Tuchel prefers using the ball over running. If um, you, but but we need both. We need both, really. Yeah, we do, don't we? If we want to adapt, but we got to Marquinhos. We got Marquinhos, but we don't have a player able to organize the play from Marquinhos and bring is, control of the possession. Marquinhos is great uh, for pressing. He's, he's relentless yeah. and interceptions. He loses duels. Look at him. He's, 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 I mean, he's, you know, he's not very impressive physically, sorry to say. And when you're going you're gonna to hit, you know, big guys in midfield, it's going to be exhausting for him to last more than 50, 60 minutes. Um, we're not going to get, first of all, 
if um, you listen to our uh, great leader Nasser, during an interview a couple of days ago, he said, well, I don't know if we need anyone during the winter transfer season. Oh, my, my, my blood iced immediately when I heard that. I was like, ah, no. <laughs> so we don't know. First of all, we do not know if we're going to get anyone during we the are. winter. You don't, th- don't worry. You think we... so? Or you think yeah. so? The um, sporting direction is working on it right now. We should be doing someone. We should sign a midfielder this winter and this summer, whether De Jong comes or not. Okay. Um, any any hints? Who is going to be? Do you think we have a chance to to sign a Paradise? Uh, I I don't know. I, I know the club is supervising different players right now, a few, and but we need to wait until more information comes comes out. Um, Paradise would be. I mean, it's very interesting price-wise too, because I'm not sure Zenith is going to ask it's cheap. for. It's cheap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not super cheap, but it's going to be what twenty-five, thirty million. Around twenty-five, thirty. Yeah. Yeah. And if you consider the wage, is having right now in Russia, it would yeah. be around five million a year uh, to his contract. Right. Um, how? And, and we, we're coming to. To the end of this podcast, it's been over an hour. My God, that we could we could keep talking for another two. Um, how different the team would be with him? Let's say, um, well, first of all, let let's imagine we sign him. Now he's in the the, the team roster. What do you do? You Thomas, use Thomas Tuchel. You have your four two two with with um, Marquinhos and Verratti. How do you implement Paredes? Do you change the formation for him? No. He's a, he's a proper defensive midfielder. And as a consequence, he can play in virtually any system, for, whether it be 4-3-3, 4-4-2, 3-5-2, 3-4-3. As long as you're playing in midfield alongside somebody, one or two, two men by his side, no problem. You can play him, and then it will be about uh, the collective and animation, the game plans, uh, what Turo wants. But he's a player that brings a lot of quality on the ball. Uh, I mean, his passing range is amongst yeah. the best in Europe. His yeah. vision is amongst the best in Europe. Uh, he is already played like a playmaker, like a. Uh, pure holding midfielder organizer like Thiago Mota and and we need that especially maybe Champions League is a different context but it would be useful in the Champions League too but mainly if you consider Liga we need a player like that to control the tempo to bring control and mm, a bit of know-how on the ball which we lack at the moment his long passing is incredible it's it's superior to varieties, in my opinion. Yeah, but by far, yeah. His long passing is exceptional, and when you have Neymar and Mbappe up front with a guy like like him, able able to you know do a forty fifty meter pass to you, this is a, a big asset. Could he play? Could Tuchel this 
play him um, in Verratti's position and give Verratti a break and have, for example, Marquinhos on, you know, left central midfielder and Paredes right central mm -hmm. midfielder? Hmm? Uh, yeah, yes, he could play Verratti's role, but is less energetic. It doesn't bring as much if you consider um, the volume, the the running. Sure. So the the best is to have them both on the pitch. But yeah, it could it could be Verratti's role, but more in a Andrea Pirlo's role, I think. Hmm. So you would like you would quarterback if you prefer. You would um, stop with the Marquinhos experiment. Uh, and probably have Paredes Verratti as holding mid midfielders, right? In Liga, absolutely, yeah. Oh, okay. And in Champions League, according to your opponent, you would pick either Paredes or Marquinhos. I would do according to the opponent. So uh, let's say you face Atletico Madrid. I would go for yeah, them both alike. If you if you pick a um, how to say less defensive solid team I would go for the technical player always mm. more options for Tuchel final question um, on Monday we're going to have a draw we all know we're going to pick we, we're going to get Atletico Madrid of course we are we will um, <laughs> we will um, what's the anti Paris Saint-Germain team the the team that would definitely give us the most problem is it still atletico or would you be yes sir atletico would be the the yeah. worst the worst <laughs> because yeah. psg really is able to punish naive teams like ajax or or team what's, teams what's that like that? to play with the ball and a, a team that doesn't have the same experience in european level so yeah it would be the the worst for us, even though with a player like Neymar or Mbappe defeating a parked bus has become easier, way easier than, than it was before. They are the master of, of, uh, of, I mean, they are the best defensive team in the Champions League, even if Juve sometimes um, get there. But yeah, they, how, 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 do you think too, they, yeah. how do you think they would defend against us? Uh, High pressure, low low defending. How would you play? Um, how would you play Paris Saint Germain with Atletico? I don't know how we would play them, but I I think I know how they would play us. I think Atletico Madrid's typical plan in Europe is to press at the beginning of the game for ten fifteen minutes, mm -hmm. trying to score a goal and take the an advantage. Then they defend with a medium low plug position. Mm. which is very hard to break for the opponents. And then they will focus on their counter-attacking and especially the talent of their best players like Griezmann or Thomas Lemar, players like that. And yeah, of course, it would be very, very hard to to challenge them in a Champions League context, even sure. though they didn't make it out of the group stage last, last season. But at the same time... This is kind of what we, well, even if it's difficult to know exactly where we're going, there's been so many experiments with Tuchel, but it seems to be also the way Paris Saint-Germain wants to, um, what Paris Saint-Germain wants to do in a game. Press and, and overwhelm you 
hard the first 20 minutes, and we're going to score. And maybe we'll score a second one, which is exactly what happened against Red Star. And now, now we can sit back a little bit. It'd be an interesting opposition against, against uh, Atletico. The first uh, 20 minutes would be probably key for the whole confrontation. That being said, when they defend mid-low, isn't it the usual configuration for Paris Saint-Germain in Ligue 1? to play against somewhat low-defending teams. They don't have the quality of Atletico Madrid, but aren't we well-trained in our Farmers League that everybody's laughing at to play teams that are waiting for us and, and play the counter? We, we, know how to, we know what to do. Mm. Y yeah, but Atletico is very, very solid when it comes to score managing. If you play against them uh, when they have the score, it's very, very hard. And no offense, but I don't think any French team have their quality. Right. And also, right now, PSG have a lot of individual talent, uh, whether it be Verratti or, or Neymar. But we lack of quality when it comes to ball possession and Uh, the pace of the ball circulation, even though it was a little bit better against Red Star. Mm. But really, I think, as you said, the best for us right now with the players we we got is to score quickly, to forget a little bit about the ball, and then using our best moments to create goal-scoring opportunities. And But that's also the case because we don't have the quality in midfield to, to keep the ball fast and well. So... Um, I don't know. Maybe the best would be to, yeah, necessarily the best is to to score quickly in the game. Let's say uh, the first 15 minutes, and then you get a significant advantage for the rest of the two legs confrontation. So five minutes ago, I asked you a question, and I said that was the final question, and then I asked two more, and I'm going to ask one, one, one final question. If we get a player, the profile of Leandro Paredes, if we do get Leandro Paredes this winter transfer season window, could it be the year for Paris Saint-Germain to at least reach, screw the semi, a final of the Champions League? Can we do it with, with this additional quality and additional option for Tuchel, do you think? Don't think it works like that, unfortunately. Well, there's other factors. Um, there's chance, there's injuries, yeah, I, there's... I, I uh, know. But you know what I'm saying. Would I, we have I, enough I if, quality? If we have, if we have a, a very good collective cohesion, I think no matter what the transfer window is this winter, we should be able to, to get far in the Champions League. If we get lucky... Uh, for the round of uh, 16 mm -hmm. we can go to the quarterfinals maybe not against the best teams and from then on you're free to imagine anything you, you want but I'm not sure our quality in the Champions League will necessarily come from a, a transfer this winter 
hmm. except if you sign N'Golo Kante or uh, Modric or De Jong, yeah. a world-class player. But that's not prob- that's probably not what will happen this winter. Right. Okay, so I'm, I'm I'm hearing you and reading you between the lines. Probably too early, too new of a team yet. It's very hard to predict. Yeah. Um, we shall see. Simon, it's been oh my god, it's been a pleasure having you and and hearing your incredible inputs and and your ability to. It, it may not sound like a big deal to you, but you have this ability, and 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 Ryan is somewhat. Like you to to explain in in simple but clear terms the what tactics is how important and crucial uh, uh, tactics in, in the football game uh, are and and thank you for this and thank you for a lot. for your time and if you're willing we'll we'll get you back on this podcast very very soon it's been a wonderful hour and uh, we'll talk to you again it was a pleasure. We'll talk to you guys very soon. I'm drifting in everyday city like danger. Only a handful can understand the major. They created a dead planet, search of a satellite, straight sacrifice, modern ways. She in sight, ready shoot to kill. Paradise don't look real. They keep on walking through a state of emptiness as we stand alone. We stand strong, defending it. Feel the sanity, add the ace gracefully. Kill the nation, man. And I for an eye, doing it with the R. Only some know a lot.